Hello and welcome into a new episode. It's Scarves Up. I'm your host, Nathaniel Mamoudis, and welcome into a new episode. And we have a lot to get to today. It's been a long time since we podcasted. There are five games going all the way back to the game against Portland, but the Sounders are still top of the league. A lot of drama has happened. The team looks different since we last talked. We are going to get to all of it. But to do that, we got to bring in David Mimutis. David, how are you doing? I am doing great. Uh, so let's get Glad to be back podcasting. Let's get right into it. Uh, now, uh, we're going to go in chronological uh, order. Obviously, it's a long time. We'll talk about the big moments from each of the game. This goes all the way back to the game uh, against Portland on Sunday on ESPN. Uh, this game was pretty boring uh, for the first half. Not much uh, to talk about. Second half, Sounders give away a penalty. Uh, thoughts on that penalty given away by uh, Shane O'Neill? Um, yeah, trying to remember. Um, I seem to remember it was a, an iffy call, but, you know, one you couldn't disagree with that much. Um, you know, obviously the more interesting part was what happened after the penalty kick was granted. Obviously, I and uh, this was a penalty given after oh no it wasn't VAR he called this on the spot um and um I think Chris Penzo got this right I did agree that it was a that it was a penalty kick even though um as annoying as it was um but but no I don't think that is an iffy call that was a penalty that was the correct call um obviously then so we have uh Fry steps up and uh Fry st- saves the penalty and they go to VAR and the what the uh the shot that they show on VAR they show Fry they say Fry came off his line but Fry on the target goal post cam you can see he is still on the line while his foot is not actually touching the line his foot if you were to draw a line from the uh, goal line to the cross so is that the rule it's not that your heels have to be no firmly it have to be on the line touching. his yeah. his the back of his heel is still over and do you have the to have line. both feet on the line or just a foot on the line you just have to have one foot touching the line and, and is it, it the same definition of offsides? You know, some part of your full. body that's legal to play the ball has to be over the line. Can you have your butt all over the line? Well, with this, well, with this, it's just it. It has to be your foot. Okay. Because obviously, I think it's called some part of uh, goalkeeper when they're diving, then their butt might be on yep. the line. But um, so so that so obviously. That not is clear not and obviously call. off that, the line, but I can't yeah. remember whether the call was made live or whether it was only made by VAR. That was that was, was VAR. That was VAR. They the AR did not call that. That was completely VAR. Um, good save. He was a save. However, because of how the rules are written, 
the penalty getting retaken was the right decision because knew who was in the box. Um, now, some might say for the for the second retake, um, which is something also that is extremely rare um, uh, result. And what happened is uh, Valeri put the ball off the post. Um, unclear if Fry noticed it was going to hit. The, I don't think he did. I think he was just. Um, I, I think it, it. It's weird to think about a fry like thought. Oh, it's going to hit the post, so I'm going to bring my hand back so it doesn't touch me. Because if Fry touches it, then Valeri can can get the ball again. But if he doesn't, um, then uh, Valeri cannot strike again. And because of that, um, because of that, uh, it ended up being a goal kick. Um, I'm pretty sure that in the rules, Valeri is supposed to get a yellow card for that. Um, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. Um, uh, but on that one, on that one, um, knew who I mean, obviously also, that would be harsh because he might not have, he might have thought that Fry touched it. That's you know, you not a judgment call. Too much. That is not a judgment call, though. That's not a right, but I think the, if there was a yellow card, it would have to be intent. You know, it's it's one thing if you're if you're no, purposefully it's, but it's passing. No, it's not about intent. That's just like in the rules. That's not that is not a referee decision. It's okay, I shouldn't way. I shouldn't ask you about if you, you know refer- I shouldn't criticize you on referee questions, if, if but you, I I think that any any yellow or red card discussion intent has to play a part of it. It might only be for the keeper who comes on his line. Um, and actually, I'm pretty sure that it, it might also be that... Technically... Oh, I see, because you're saying specifically in the penalty kick situation, there New, are some mandatory yes. yellow cards for the, like, for the goalkeeper like coming forward. I think technically, Newhu should have gotten a yellow card because that's why the penalty should have gotten to be taken. Newhu was in the box. Both penalties, he was in the box. So the Sounders are pretty lucky that there wasn't a third one because Newhu was in the box again. Um, if it was Fry... Um, to be clear that what they saw was Fry, um, then they might have given Fry a yellow card. He didn't get a yellow card, so that doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, in in the rules, um, it, it it it's not it's like um, if someone like rips their shirt off on a celebration, um, you get a yellow card for that. It's the same way. That those are some of the yellow cards. It's not a judgment. It's just it's in the rules. It's what they have. Right, to but do. but obviously Gosh, taking it. your shirt off is an intent. You know, is is is, is intentional. Um, you know, if somebody if the goalkeeper you know tripped and fell off the line accidentally, you know, would they still give the yellow card for that? Um, I don't. But know. in but uh, as much as we love to hate Diego Valeri. Um, the man is an MOS legend. I mean, he has he has over a hundred goals. He has over like eighty assists. Um, he's been in the league since twenty thirteen, and he's still he's still a starter. He doesn't look any younger. The man is so good. Um, he's usually um perfect from the penalty spot. So two terrible penalties. Um, from Valeri is unheard of, and that's what made this whole sequence um, much better. Any any other thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, I've just obviously nice to uh, nice to avoid losing the goal there, um, but um, Right. I mean, it's, you know, obviously been a frustrating game up to that point with the, with the game, st- you know, good to see the game staying storeless. 
Uh, and then, you know, made it even more exciting when the Sounders finally got their offense going a few minutes later. So let's talk about the penalty. So the ESPN analyst Taylor Twelman did, didn't think this was a penalty. Um, and, well, I think he, he, he did think it was a penalty, but uh, Robert Diaz basically got fouled, like, uh, basically got fouled, like, three times in this play, and then the third time he actually fell down. Um, it, it, I mean, yes, he fell down on the third time, but all three of these are a penalty. There's no question about it. Um, right. I mean, I think Rui Diaz does a good job of staying up through content. So I think staying up through contact. So I think compared to a lot of other people, he he draws relatively few penalties for the amount of contact that's made with him. You know, whereas there are some players who are much more at, you know, going flying and doing a double twisting something or other, you I, know, every time somebody breathes on them in the box. I, I can't remember if uh, it's exactly um, exactly at, at this point. Um, if it was the keeper who ran into him, or or another defender on the first one, but the 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 first uh, initial contact, uh, the first foul, um, it was as blatantly obvious to me to be a penalty as as uh, well, we'll get to it. We're gonna get to it. The the game against Atlanta, um, that penalty. Um, which Brad Smith gave away. Um, I thought this was this was clearly a penalty, um, definitely the right call. Um, so I don't see why there was any controversy with the commentators. Um, Robert Roy Diaz is showing how good he is um, again and again. Uh, so that made it 1-0. And then Freddie Montero would come off the bench and he would score to make it 2-0. And Portland would score again. Um, off a free kick um, to make it 2-1, but it was too late, too little. Um, and the Sounders won the game, taking three points um, in the long uh, – and again, um, this long pattern of we can only beat the Timbers in Portland and they can only beat us in Seattle continues, which is um, – Really random, and I'm I'm hoping next time they come to Seattle that that changes. Uh, but definitely a good result. Any thoughts on Freddie Montero? Freddie Montero's goal, headed headed goal. Um, any other thoughts? Of course, we saw their keeper go off injured in this game. It had to be stretchered off. Uh, final thoughts before we move on. Yeah, you know, obviously Montero now coming back as the grizzled veteran. You know, knows how to get himself into the right places. Um, Scores the goal very calmly. Um, you know, great to have him back. And that's the kind of thing we, you know, we expect him to do when he when he gets more minutes. Okay, so moving on to the first midweek game of the season against San Jose. The San Jose Earthquakes um, is was our next opponent. We went down uh, there. Um, very early in the game, we lost Jordi DeLem, um, who since that game has been announced that it was an ACL injury because apparently that field is just uh, the Sounders' nightmare. Of course, that's where we lost 
Roman Torres, two in ACL, and we'll get to the other injury in this game uh, a little bit. Uh, so we lose Jordan M, and uh, because that O'Neill comes in, uh, then we have uh, then the, a penalty is called, um, which was one of the stupidest penalty decisions in VAR. Um, very clearly um, reversed this. Um, Yamar got called for a handball, and that and was... I can't remember what the reversal was about. Did it not hit his hand, or did it just was it just a case, it, case it where he was his too hand. close to get out of the it, way? It hit his hand, but his hands were like completely were clearly tucked in. Of his, were clearly in front of his te- in front of his chest. Um, so uh, would have been uh, a very very bad call if they let that stand. And then just right after that, Christian Rodon scores an amazing goal. Thoughts on the goal? Left foot, um, top of the ball. Yeah, you know, amazing. You know, Roldan lurking on the edge of the area, takes the ball down well and just smashes it right back through the box, uh, leaving the keeper with, you know, seeing it late, but probably couldn't have stopped it, even if he'd seen the replay in advance. Um, this is terrible you know. defending from San Jose um, on this play. Just... Uh, with the keeper and right. failing, failing to clear it six, well. Yes, yes, Rodon hits. Um, the, the keeper might think he could do better, but this was an amazing shot. It's through a lot of people, so it's also a lot, uh, pretty hard. But like, there's about there's like four headers from San Jose, um, just really failing to clear the ball, and then the ball gets away from them. And Christian, Rodon right? So next time you complain about a defender. You know, next time you complain about Yamar kicking it up into the 37th row, you know, then you realize the consequence of of not firmly uh, punting exactly. it out. Uh, so moving on from that, uh, we have to go too late in the game. The Sounders had used all their substitutions, and then Fry um, collides with Will Bruin. Um, or no, Shane O'Neill. No, it was Shane O'Neill. Yeah, it was Shane so, O'Neill. You know, it was Shane O'Neill. A consequence who, who of the other of the other injury. Who who had come in um, and looks bad in a lot of pain, um, obviously, um, and he has to come out. So uh, Alex Rodon ends up going and go. Um, Christian, um, uh, Christian, who. Um, Obviously, Stephen Fry was wearing the captain armband, but Christian Rodon, um, uh, second in command when it comes to um, uh, second in command when it comes to uh, who would wear the captain armband, uh, the captain's armband now, um, and. Uh, he goes over to Schmetzer and it seems like he was going to play goal and Christian was like, no, they need him in the midfield, which is right. So Alex plays in goal and plays well. He made three saves. Um, his first, uh, his first save, um, he got, he, uh, takes an elbow to, to the face, um, from Jackson Yule. Um, explain to me why this is not a red card. Um, you know, goalkeepers do get run into. I didn't see it as a as a case where there was intent. 
Um, you know, oh, anyway, there doesn't need to be intent. Sorry, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, I mean, you know, uh, keepers get run into, you know, they, the, he was the elbow. It wasn't a case where the elbow was out from his body and he was swinging it. You know, it makes sense. You have I'm an experienced not, keeper. Sure you're going to challenge for the ball. I, I think this first off to me, I think this was deliberate, but um, no matter what, like even if you like your your arms are flailing, anywhere else on the field, or any if any other player does this to any other player, uh, then you get a red card. He elbowed someone in the face. That is a red card. No matter, like, um, I hate when we have to when we're discussing plays and it's like, well. Um, that's not a red card because it's in the box. Um, that is the, well, I mean, that is typical soccer. That is um, utter bullshit. Um, there is nothing in the rules that says, that says like, you have to think differently um, when it's early in a game or, or late in a game or um, um, e- even though, even, even though like, um, we don't want the referee's decision like changing a game um, or, or, or where the field field is. If you do something violent like this, it should be a red card. Um, so I think that was a red card. Um, nonetheless, it's a great save, but that is a red card. Uh, thoughts on the final minutes of those games and then also um, what what we know happened to Fry. Yeah, you know, obviously the injury to Fry turned out to be a little less severe than we worried um, than we worried it would be. You know, it's sort of it sort of from the way he was thrashing around on the field, it seemed like it could be a, a career ending or season ending injury, and it looks like it's a little less severe than that, though I guess later there have been some developments. He's now on some blood thinners, so there are more concerns about the timeline of him coming back. Yes, we um, don't know when because with that update. Um, well, it initially seemed like he would only be out for three to six weeks, uh, four to six weeks, um, which means that he could have been back for this next game against the LA Galaxy, um, maybe. Um, right, or, but or so, you know, game. Um, it obviously seems like a very chaotic, a very chaotic ending to the field. And, you know, like you were saying on our our goal against San Jose, you know, their chaos at the back, you know, led to Christian Roldown strike in the same way, you know, losing to Lem led to a little too much chaos between O'Neill and Fry, which led to that collision, which then led to, you know, Roldan trying to manage the back as, as best he can. And, you know, the question of that collision with Yule, um, you know, Roldan obviously has less presence as a goalkeeper than Fry would have had. So it makes sense that people are going to try to challenge him. He did well holding on to the three balls he had to hold on to and, um, you know, survived the chaos. But, you know, obviously a crazy, a crazy end to that game. Um, um, obviously, the Sounders uh, um, made some uh, Sounders made a couple changes um, in this game and. Um, but uh, obviously, we look at the lineup. The lineup has stayed pretty much the same moving forward um, in this game. Rowe has started um, started all five of the games. 
um, uh, that we will that we're discussing today. Um, uh, as Atencio has been injured, and we've had some um, injuries um, in the middle. Um, and also, obviously, Cleveland has came in. Um, the back has been um, uh, Ariaga, Nuhu, and Yamar um, uh, staying that back. Where we have kept um, Will Bruin. What What are your thoughts on the on the the the, the lineup? Um, with so we have these injuries. Obviously, Jordy Lem is out for the entire season now. Um, just like Morris, um, Fry will be back sometime. It seems like Atencio um, might. It seems like Atencio and Ladero might be back at the end of this break, um, but we're not sure about that. But um, obviously, our depth is still showing, even though we have yet to have a full. We have yet to have uh, a full bench um, of players as we are that we are allowed. Um, so, but what what are your thoughts on the team's uh, depth right now? You know, obviously our our depth is being tested, um, and we'd be having a different conversation about this if the Sounders were at the bottom of the table, um, you know, where no one could fault them too much. You know, having having you know lost the services of um, you know multiple MVP candidates for most of the you know Morris for the entirety of the season. And, um, you know, Ladero for almost all of the season and, you know, and now Fry as well. Um, you know, the Sounders would have a great excuse if they, if they were anywhere else on the table than where they are. So, you know, the situation... it just, it just shows how good our team is playing this year. Um, uh, when you look at other teams that aren't playing really well, um, Portland, Portland fans are oh we're not doing very well because we have tons of injuries it's true i think they they do have something like 10 10 of their players injured um but uh so what yes that's more than us but uh they're the players that they do have can all with also um could also just be stepping up obviously um Every team has their first team. They have their second team. And the second team is always trying to be in the first team. So if your second team isn't going to play as well, which is what happened, which is what happening is what happening with Portland right now. Um, then, uh, then uh, the, your first team is going to be as good since your second team isn't pushing those first team guys to be better. Um, right. So obviously so the, you know, the founders are lucky is. to, our Sounders are lucky to have a relatively light schedule this year. You know, haven't had a lot of extra Champions League games or that kind of thing, uh, which would have tested our, our, you know, depth more. Um, and then I think from here on out, we have to hope that, you know, we uh, we don't continue with as as high a rate of injuries as we've had since January first. Um, so, so after these, after these two games that we just talked about which were on the road. We've had three straight home games, um, two games with uh, uh, starting pretty, to get fans de- back. Yeah, we're getting a decent amount of fans, obviously, after uh, when the stadium reopens, um, fans will be in their season ticket spots um, finally, which is great. We love to see that. Um, 
uh, which which is great. Um, but um, in our in our last two games, and, and really maybe sort of in the LAFC game, even though we did uh, score uh, two game, uh, even though we did score two goals in that game um, against LAFC, we won that. We won that game 2-0. Um, even though that happened, uh, our our production has gone down. And what do you think the reason is for that? Is that just teams are have started to figure out what has um, uh, what has been working for our team? Um, because while we still have not let in a goal um, via open play which is still incredible. Um, I would not have predicted that um, when we got to this break. Um, but while, while we have, while our defense is playing spectacular recently, we have not scored many goals. So what, what do you think is the reason for that decline? Um, I think, you know, Brad Smith didn't keep up the performance he had at the beginning of the year. You know, so it's hard to know which is the real Brad Smith. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Atencio was doing a great Nicholas Ladero impersonation at the beginning of the year. And so, you know, he's an option that it would have been nice to still have. Um, you know, maybe people are finally, you know, I don't know whether defenses were underestimating Kellen Rowe or if they figured out how to neutralize him, but he seemed a little less effective than he was earlier in the year. Um, Christian Roldan maybe, you know, has showing a little more fatigue than he showed uh, at the very beginning. And I don't know again whether that's, you know, him trying to make up for the absence of Atencio and Roldan and uh, Ladero, you know, sort of doing too much. Um, so it's hard to know, you know, whether, um, right, whether it's the other teams, you know, learning more or the Sounders slowing down a bit or just, you know, Brad Smith exceeding expectations by so much for the first couple of games that he couldn't possibly have kept up that, uh, that rate of production. Yeah. Um, our play recently, I would say has reminded me. Um, so, so, so going back, how we've been playing this year has reminded me a lot of how we played last fall. Um, towards the end of last season, we were playing really well, scoring a lot of goals, not um, getting a lot of shutouts. Um, and so we're playing really well. Then Raul Roy Diaz went on international duty and we were struggling to score goals, even though we had pretty much the same team. Um, so that was sort of the argument of wow, why, well, while we're not losing games like we are now, um, well, well, we're still not losing games. While we are tying games, while while we tied games, then we weren't winning games, and it and we were like, well, it's because we don't have our goal scorer. Um, obviously, now our lineup hasn't changed. Raul Rodriguez has played in every game, but he hasn't been scoring. So obviously, it's a weird thing. Um, I don't really know what the reason is. Um, for well, why... but again, you know, that's why Rui yeah. Diaz can't can't do it by himself. You know, and he needs. Maybe, yes, it's true. Maybe it is just right now the teams are learning that you have to shut him down, um, and when you do that, it's going to be a lot harder for us to succeed. Any other thoughts on him? 
Right. I mean, Rui Diaz can't do it by himself. You know, he needs somebody else moving the defense around. You know, he needs um, Ladero and Brad Smith, you know, stretching the defense and, you know, getting them, letting them not pay full attention to, uh, to Rui Diaz and just collapsing on him. And, you know, once the defense is distracted, he knows how to find up good positions and then finish uh, with a few feet of space. Um, so, you know, how many games are we going to be without Rui Diaz? So we'll see whether, um, you know, Montero can fill in that role and, you know, between him and Bruin, can they, uh, you know, put put goals in the net? Yeah, we'll be missing him for uh, Copa America, which, uh, which takes place um, around the same time as the Gold Cup, uh, um, mostly June and then a little bit of July. Um, uh, but, uh, hopefully, um, uh, it, him, his, his being away won't bother us, um, uh, that much. Um, obviously, um, while he, he, he is human and he can't do everything by himself, the goal he scored again, um, he scored the first goal against LAFC, um, which was a header goal. Um, anytime you let this guy score with his head, um, or you just leave, leave him, it's amazing how many times he can get wide open on a corner. On a corner. Um, so he he scored the first goal in the NFC game, um, um, or as we know, that was Atlanta. That's that's a uh, that is my bad. Is the is the goal that he scored a header on? Um, he scored a header against Atlanta. That made it one zero. Um, again, at, 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 against um, Atlanta. In the NFC game, um, it was Ariaga who scored. Ariaga, um, who obviously we've been pretty critical of. Um, sometimes he doesn't pass soon enough, but he scored his first goal against LAFC um, in the second half. And then Brad Smith scored again with his head uh, late on in that game. Thoughts on um, Ariaga getting his first goal? Obviously, he's been called up. Um, um, he's been called up, and he's started games for Ecuador. Uh, thoughts on him and Brad Smith scoring in that game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, both both players who are, you know, who are doing a lot of work for the Sounders, you know, this year and every year. Um, you know, both players who, you know, maybe and Brad you know, Smith also on... got caught up. Australia. Um, he also you know, got caught who, up. Right, and I just heard that, that he had a minor injury and he's heading home from that early. I don't know if that'll I don't know if the injury will keep oh, him from um well it sounded like it it he might still be available for the you know for he's the still got some time. For, he's got some time. He's got a yeah still got about two weeks. Um you know but anyway both of them you know players who were active and excited to score um you know, again, I think the question is, can they keep doing it, or you know, was it was it luck that will be hard for them to repeat? Uh, moving on um, from from the LAFC game, obviously, uh, a final thought on that: Brad Smith, while he did score, um, all of his goals have been typical the the name Brad fashion. They haven't. They pretty much, if you hit it with any body part, 
it has a pretty good chance of going in. He missed a very bad chance in the first half of that game. Raul Diaz fed it to him, and he put the ball well, well wide. Um, but moving on from that game um, against uh, to the game against Atlanta, um, early on, Sounders took the lead, and then we kind of fell asleep. Um, we needed that second goal, um, but Raul Diaz, he scored from his head, then Nate on. Penalty decision given away by Brad Smith. Um, Brad Smith didn't really do anything in this game except give away a penalty. Um, We were at this game um, from far away. um, From far away, as soon as he made the tackle, it was, oh, no, what are you doing? That's clearly a penalty. It looked much bad. It It looked way worse when we saw it live. Um, but even after, um, even after seeing it from another angle, it was still a bad tackle and, um, it was clearly a penalty. Um, thoughts on that play. Right. I mean, obviously he gets to the wrong side. The man goes down, you know, Joseph Martinez is sort of good at, you know, what we were saying before about Rui Diaz, you know, and rather it's not than... Joseph Martinez, that's Brooks Lennon, the, uh, American midfielder. Who who got taken down? Okay, and Martinez did com- converted the penalty. Maybe yeah, Martinez um, took the penalty after doing pretty much right. But nothing. anyway, you know the you you know the the forwards uh, infielder re- you know recognized that Smith was on the wrong side. You know felt the contact, goes down in a heap to to draw the referee's attention to it, and yeah, you know Smith was sort of I, clearly in the wrong place. Felt the, I don't think this was an at all a dive for him feeling the contact. Smith is the reason why he fell down. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Um, there is but when no going reason... down, the question is, do you try to stay on your feet or do you say, or do you just go with it once there's... Um... I don't think he had a choice. I think that, um, there were, in like the Roy Diaz one um, where he was stayed on his feet, um, it was more like he was just getting... Um, grabbed by every direction, um, and he he did fall down at one point, and then he just but he got back up really fast. This time, Smith took him out from behind, um, and Smith had no reason to go to ground. The ball was going out of bounds. Um, it was either already out of bounds when he got there, or it was going to go out of bounds. But then also trust the defense. The defense is playing so well right now. We have numbers in the box. Um, it's we have a bunch of numbers back. It's only Martinez. Yes, Martinez is incredible in the box. There is no reason to make this challenge, and obviously it ended up being a tie. But it's one of those ties that felt like a loss. Um, so so tough decision. But, but Brad Smith, terrible, terrible play. Um, seven, seven Cleveland. Uh, Went the right way, but it's always going to be tough um, tough for him. Uh, moving on to the next game against Austin. Um, so far, we haven't really seen Stephen Cleveland be tested very much. Um, he did get tested in the Austin game, um, making a huge save that really should have been finished by Austin um, in the second half. Um, but, but thoughts on Stephen Cleveland, obviously – um, we didn't know whether it was going to be him or Richie. 
he started Cleveland started all the game because he's um, I think the reason would be he's just been with uh, the team longer so he knows the players more um, but what what have you thought of him so far yeah I mean obviously he's done a great job you know hard to know how much credit to give him versus uh, versus Tanuhu in front of him who you know also had a big block on another good chance before it could get to to Cleveland um you know, I think he's come up when he needs to come up. Still hasn't conceded a, a goal from open play. So, you know, it's a it's a team game. You have to give the credit to the Sounders uh, as a whole. Um, you know, I, but best best part best part of him. While um he's he's obviously been doing well. It seems like maybe he while he has a while he does have a goal kick. It does, definitely seems like he's a little nervous to to use it he only used it when he has to a lot of it uh i felt like there's a lot of goal kicks where like he he's looked nervous or like where yamar has been standing like pretty much right next to him on every goal kick right i mean obviously the sounders no, no, have like this sort of sort ask. of a weird a weird youth concept ask. of of building out of the back um you know, something you more associate with under 10, you know, to see the, the goalkeeper's yeah. best friend, you know, walk up next to him and dribble the ball away. Um, which is more, but, except, which is only a new thing, obviously, now that the ball's in play when the... Right, now that you don't kick. have to kick it all the way out of the goal box. Um, which is so, you know, I like the ball. emphasis on position. I like that it's sort of deliberate, um, you know, deliberate, nature of sort of keeping the ball and forcing the defense to to step out of its shell um but you know as we saw with the u.s men's national team also you know don't want to be having taking too many you know passes in your own end under pressure um because it's easy to give things away under that circumstance obviously the sounders haven't yet this year so you know hopefully again they can you know they can keep doing what they want to do the uh definitely the best part about Stephen cleveland um, is uh, when we were at the game against Atlanta, um, and we're doing all all the 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 we're doing all the classic stadium things. They're doing lineups. Uh, announcer says Stefan, um, and you shouted out Fry. Um, I bet I wasn't I the only one in the stadium who does that. You know, I, so it, I wasn't obviously it, wasn't thinking never, very hard. I never told you. I, we only had one ticket to the Austin game. So I was at that game um, and I yelled out Fry um, when they did lineups um, at that Austin game. Um, so uh, definitely felt stupid when he did that, but um, also amazing um, that we have two Stephans uh, for that reason. Put a, put a smile on my face both times. Um, Old habits die hard and we'll hope to see just, the other stuff on back as soon as we can. Exactly. Um, other thoughts about the, the Austin game um, Sounders thought that they had taken the lead, but the goal was called back for offsides. Um, it, uh, it was called back after VAR um, question about if the defender was trying to play the ball or if the, defender um touched the ball um or if Raul Roy Diaz was involved in the play. So so here's the thing. So okay, so let's let's so if we we talk about offsides again um with with uh 
So if it, so, an attacker does not have to touch the ball to be involved in the play. That's true. The, the that is also true for the defender. If the defender is trying to play the ball, then um, uh, if the defender is trying to play the ball, they don't have to touch the ball. If they like lunge towards the ball um, and and miss the ball, um, then. And See, there, and there I to, disagree with you. Yeah, I that, think that's the rule, know, I, though. That is the I, that, okay. No, that's so, a, that's so, I, so, I, yeah, I need on, to look for a citation, on, but that on, sounds ridiculous on, to no, me. No, 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 I'm gonna, so that is the rule. I'm not saying that is what happened here. I agree with the call. If the call was correct, we, Robert Diaz, as annoying as this play was, he was offside. Um, and um, we're gonna get to another part of this. Uh, in a second, um, but um, so this is so if you have a forward who's chasing the ball, who's close to it, if the defender, if the defender is back, and say the defender, um, if the ball comes really close to the defender, and the defender either doesn't jump or misses a header, but they could have, if they like, they like move their leg. In a way, so that um, they 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 move their leg and they just whiff, they whiff and the ball goes through the and the ball just goes past so them. And this, the this is where I disagree with you entirely. You know, I think it's not about what, disagreeing with me. You can disagree, but that is no, the rule. Matt, that Matt, is what the rule, What the rule says is that it if the defender is playing the ball. It doesn't create a new opportunity for the for the for the forward to be offside. But the defender. But if the forward have... was offside on the original touch of the ball, the forward is still offside. The defender trying to play the ball doesn't nullify the fact that the uh, that the attacker was offside on the original pass. It it does in the circumstance, um, if the defender, because if a defender plays a ball to a person in the offsides. Then they're on sides because it came from the defense. If you just if if you um, if someone um, obviously um, this is so rare and for the most time you want to call it you're gonna want to call it offsides. But there are going to be some times where a defender makes where the defender makes such a horrendous mistake that the ball goes through them while they were trying to make um while they were trying to make contact if you miss it's just bad luck and they're on sides that is what the rule is it doesn't happen that much and obviously like like there 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 are instances where where um where i would say this isn't true like maybe if um um there, there are instances where I feel like what I'm saying, you, you could definitely say there are ways that this could be abused. Like if you say if someone actually um, passes like a good ball, because what I'm saying, the the pass to the defender, or whatever the defender getting the ball, then the ball has to be bouncing weird. But if say like um, the left back passes to the center back, um, and it's going, it's going to go to the center back. And then the center back decides to run five, five yards in another direction. And because of that, he's like, oh, look, that means he's offside. Because I, I wasn't 
because I ran away from the ball. Um, so in that sense, then I think it wouldn't be offsides. Um, and that would be a smart play by the defender. But, but uh, yes, if the defender tries to play the ball, um, tries to play the ball in that sense, and even if they miss, and if they miss, then the player would be offside. So it would be a smart play by the defender to let it go through if they're trying to play that offside trap. So you're wrong. You are you are just wrong here. Um, I I have to say. Okay, but, feel free to send me a to send me a reference. Uh, but, but to anyway. make but to make that decision, to make this decision, it took almost five minutes. Um, Maybe it was only four minutes. It took four minutes for the referee to decide this. It's an offsides call, um, so it's not about what. Well, it's not about like um, if there is intent. It's just like is he offsides or is he not? It's a yes or no question. Um, it took too long. If it takes longer than ten seconds, a call is not clear and obvious. Um, VAR was put in um, so that it could, could change the big calls. If we look at the World Cup final in 2010, um, uh, Nigel Dion put his studs straight into a Spanish player. If a referee just sees a screenshot of the play, they know it's a red card. That is, and the ref didn't see that, so the ref was given it. So the ref gave a yellow card. This is that is where VAR was supposed to be used. Um, and because the ref would see that, see the screenshot, be, oh, yes, that's a red card. VR is not supposed to be changed for stuff like this. So I pose, I propose that in the future, VR, when the ref goes over to the VR monitor, there should be a clock. There should be a 10-second countdown that starts. And if they get to the end, if it gets to the end, the ref has to turn around and make a decision. Thoughts on, on this addition to VAR? Because right now, VAR takes too long when it, uh, deciding if something is clear and obvious. I like the idea of speeding up the game, um, but I don't like the idea of, you know, limiting the referee's judgment. You know, I still think, you know, if if there's a question, you'd rather have the referee get it right rather than... Um, postponing the debate to the, you know, to the recap shows. So anyway, it's a hard, a hard problem. Um, it took too know. long. It took too long. It's not even close. About if th it is clear, clearly and obvious. Um, when VAR gets used, there should be no debate about. It. And obviously. That that I mean, obviously, when when VAR was first like being brought up, we were like, it's going to end our debates, and we still have debates. So because we're still having debates, it means VAR does not work um, properly, um, even though it does work ninety percent of the time. Um, because um, still, um, we're running into these problems. So anyway, I would definitely like there to be a timer. Um, this goes greatly into the uh, chaotic Nations League final, U.S. versus Mexico. I wasn't expecting to watch this game because I didn't really care that much. But 
this was one of the most entertaining soccer games I've seen in a while. Um, the entire game, um, obviously Mexico uh, got the game started, um, got a goal in the first minute, um, and it was exciting um, from the start. Two penalties. I don't think either were penalties. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to go back and what I said, you can't call these stuff penalties um, in the 110th minute. You just can't. Um, um, the penalty decision was wrong. The Mexico player got to the ball first and Christian Pulisic dove. So I didn't think that was a penalty. That penalty decision took way too long. Um, again, the second penalty decision took too long. I didn't think it was of him. I didn't – I I thought – I think the ball – Weston McKinney was way too close. There was nothing he could have done to move his hand. I thought it was in the natural position. Um, what were your reactions to those penalties and all the drama that happened in this game? What a game that was. Right. I mean, as far as the handball, you know, you're seeing lots of defenders. You, you know, you'll see new who consciously, you know, come up to, to address a ball and, and clasp his hands behind his back sometimes. So clearly defenders are aware that these things are being called tightly and, you know, trying to uh, avoid any possibility of being called out for that. Um, now, should they have to do that every time? I don't know. I'd love to see some clarification on what the rule is. Uh, with Pulisic also, you know, there's a lot of contact in the box. These guys are moving fast. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know any answer. You know, I like that. It felt like he was trying to fight his way through and win the ball. You know, the defender was trying to get in his way, get in front of him. Um, I was very surprised that one was given. I was also fairly surprised that the next one was given. So I guess, you know, one possibility is that the the handball was a makeup call for the questionable first penalty. Um, okay, so both both bad decisions were agreeing for that. Um, storybook game, um, uh, uh, really, uh, um, it felt like a movie. Um, a, a movie ending um, with with Ethan Hor Horvath comes in in his hometown, makes a bunch of saves, and then makes uh, a save that is going to be remembered for a long time against Mexican great um, Guardado, um, uh, who um, obviously is a player who has so much history with the national team, but he started off the bench. He started on the bench. Didn't seem confident. I mean, he has a lot of time before this penalty, but that was a terrible penalty. Like, yes, it was a great save by Horvath. Um, it was a great save, but this was a terrible penalty. It wasn't like Horvath had to make a fingertip save. Terrible penalty. On the other side of that, Pulisic also had a lot of time, and this moment is going to be remembered um, for 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 centuries. Um, it's going to be in the U.S. Mexico history book. Um, what a penalty by Christian Pulisic! Um, a week after winning the Champions League, congratulations, Chelsea! By the way, congratulations to your team. Um, what a penalty! Um, this was by Christian Belasic. And then the nerve to rip off your shirt and go shush the Mexican the Mexican fans. Um, 
what 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 just just incredible um final thoughts on the on on this game uh on, on this game obviously fans were running on the field fans were throwing stuff that was that was disgraceful but and any other obviously CONCACAF has not done CONCACAF has not done anything to really stop mexican fans from from stopping doing a homophobic chant um um, right, they haven't, done, they haven't you know, done anything. It's not they haven't they haven't taken points away. They haven't they haven't actually stopped games. So um, that's not gonna. So nothing's gonna change until Concacaf actually does something. Um, but that was disgraceful. That's yeah, you know, and and you know, one answer would be for a few more U.S. fans to show up at a at a game, you know, right in the center of the U.S. Um, you know, so where's the enthusiasm for that? You know, obviously this whole tournament, um, you know, kind of seemed like a made-for-TV special, um, you know, rather than an ongoing, an ongoing event. Um, so um, weird, to, yeah, uh, definitely weird to see Clint Dempsey. Um, wouldn't say Clint Dempsey uh, is the greatest commentator, but fun, fun to see him. Yeah, I feel like I've heard more words from him than I heard in his entire time as a sounder. Um, But a very fun, you know, a very fun game. Um, Got to see, uh, obviously, we got to also see the, uh, see someone invade the, uh, the uh, commentator desk, uh, desk too, but a very fun game. Now, do you think it is a failure if the U.S. doesn't win the Gold Cup? If they go, if the U.S. loses, um, loses um, if Mexico doesn't make it, if Mexico doesn't make it to the, to the end, and the U.S. doesn't win the Gold Cup, does this game? Are, are people gonna? Is it or if if yeah, if this is this game not gonna matter? I mean, this game doesn't matter at all. Uh, doesn't really matter at all, really. Uh, um, I mean, it, it's great momentum for the U.S. But if we lose the Gold Cup now, um like or do do you think that puts it's is there more pressure on the US to win the gold cup now um i think it's all it's all the same i don't think anyone's going to say oh we won the nations cup so i don't care about the gold cup um and i know you know the gold cup is always sort of an odd an odd tournament anyway i think if we, I think if we lose the gold cup then it's going to be a lot less i feel if we lose the gold cup then us winning this is going to we're going to lose credibility. Um, sure, right. I mean this yeah, this tournament and and this, you know, sort of mess of a game um and on Mexico's side less... on Mexico's side if if Tata Martino loses loses the gold cup um loses the gold cup uh for Mexico uh then uh uh then he because of how um, stressed they are all they're all they the mexico team is always um is always worried about um is is they're always um really tough on their coaches to uh perform um so uh uh so if he doesn't win it um i think uh he he could be looking at at uh trying uh at uh, losing his job um but uh so it's hard to know 
um, what what will happen in the Gold Cup. We'll talk more about that um, in the future. Um, moving on, before we go, before we quickly, um, as we're getting ready to wrap up this episode, the Sounders' next game is against the Galaxy. The only player who we should be without, um, I think, is Raul Roy Diaz. Um, uh, I believe the other players might be back. We might be without um, Ariaga. Um, but um, because of that, it seems like Montero will be playing with Bruin. Uh, Montero started the game against Austin. Um, obviously, Bruin has been playing well, but Smetzer said the only reason he did that was because Montero needed to get more match fit, which makes sense since he will get more games. So um, even though I was mad that Bruin didn't start since he's been playing really well, um, I think um, I, I, I understand why he did that. So that makes sense. What is your score prediction for the game against the Galaxy? Um, and what do you expect to see um, in this game? Um, obviously, in the last two games, Sounders getting one point, but we're still at the top. We're still at we're still number one in the MOS power rankings, um, even though we we dropped one in ESPN's rankings. What right. do, I mean, what I'd like to see the Sounders go back to scoring. You know, maintain their in LA. Uh, maintain their domination of uh, Chicharito and keep him off the board. So you know, I'm going to predict. Down. I'm going to predict two nothing. Um, you know, with uh, one goal from Montero and uh, one goal from. Uh, Brad Smith, probably on a back heel. I'm going to say one goal from um, Montero and one goal from Bruin. One good. Uh, actually, I'm going to say I'm going to say I will say three zero. One goal from Yamar, one goal from Bruin, and one goal from Montero. I think um, we get back to scoring, um, and um, LA uh, it has their defense will continue to be absolute shit. Um, so hopefully we can take it to them, get back to our winning ways and continue to remain up top. So that game is on the 19th on the 19th, uh, in LA, uh, make sure for that game, you keep your scarves up. <laughs> <laughs>